On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking quarterbacks. That's all. Just quarterbacks, baby. And, I mean, you you know. If you listen to this show, you know how we feel. Okay? But we're going to have a nice little Jared Stidham talk. It's going to be really interesting. So, uh, buckle up, man. It's going to be a heck of a show. So, buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Yes. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. We're back, and we've been doing positions, and we've been putting it off, but finally, we got to quarterbacks, baby, so we could talk we about did. our boy. We we're going to do we we're gonna do another position, tight ends, obviously. Um, that's an interesting positional group, but I just think the time, we, we, we've been itching for some Stidham talk. I mean, I, I've i been trying to find some gems to throw out there on Twitter, keep keep the hype train going. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting group. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, right? I mean, might as well get into it right away. But yep, it's it's interesting. Like, you know, when Brady left the seventeenth, which feels it was three months ago last week. Can you believe that? Like, it feels like Brady. an absolute eternity ago. That's what the only yeah. good thing about COVID and the quarantine was that Tom Brady on another team feels like it happened three years ago. I'm so over it because it's just like everything else going on, and it feels like a year ago. And back then, you you know, you heard rumbles. You were like, okay, Stidham. You know, it's a long off season. The draft's coming. They'll definitely do something. Cam Newton, no. Jameis Winston, no. Marcus Mariota, no. Uh, Andy Dalton, no. No, nothing through the draft. So they've made it, you know, clear since March. He's their guy, and I think that speaks volumes of how much progress he really made last year behind the scenes. Right. All right. Look, I mean, I think for me personally, and you know how what my stance has been since the end of the season, which is. Belichick's the one that made the decision. Tom Brady did not make the decision about who, where he was going to be starting next year. Bill Belichick made the decision. If Brady couldn't get, you know, couldn't get a two-year contract or a two, a two or three-year contract from someone else, he'd come back here because they were going to offer him a one-year deal for $20 million. But they weren't going to give him two years. They weren't doing it. They didn't do it last year. They weren't going to do it this year. And so they were saying, we're good. We're moving on. Um, and Tom didn't like that. And I don't blame him. By the way, that's that's not great. You know, look, I mean, Tom has has earned the right to go wherever he wants to go. And so that's what he did. Fine. But the Patriots and I, and I, I always go back. What I always go back to is uh, Indianapolis when Indy, when Manning went out with the neck injury and Indy was just an absolute dumpster fire. You know, one and 15, two and 14. They were embarrassing. And Darryl Belichick Larkin started that year. <laughs> I know Orlovsky, and they were there were a few other guys. Curtis Painter, I think, started a few games. Like they were a mess. 
And, you know, and, and Belichick made a comment and just said, look, you know, you never want to be in a position where your entire team falls apart if you lose your quarterback, right? So he basically went out there and said, you can't let this happen, right? So now, you, now you're telling me that he let Tom Brady walk away and he doesn't have an answer for what's going on. They didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't sign a veteran. That means they think Stidham has it. Now, does that mean he's going to win a Super Bowl this year? No, of course not. Like, that's not what we're saying. Maybe that ha- is it. Is it possible? It is. Is it likely? No, of course not. But they believe in him enough to say, we're moving forward with you. We're not bringing someone else in to compete with you. We're not doing that. We're going to move forward with you and see what we and see what we have, you know. And then we'll see what that takes us. If that if that means that he's great and we don't have to worry about it, and he's the next franchise quarterback. Awesome. And if it means that he's decent, but we're going to need another guy if we want to really compete for a championship, then then we refocus from there. But having the confidence in Belichick, I think, is huge for, for certainly for me, and it should be for everyone else out there. Yeah, and and I think that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, everybody puts a harp on, oh my God, fourth round pick. You know, he didn't really grow in college. He didn't wow you with anything. But if you think about it, Bill Belichick's made more right decisions than wrong over the last 20 years. He went out with one of the, this offseason, can you name another offseason where there was this many veteran quarterbacks available, people that had a lot of starting experience Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston, I mean, threw 30 picks, but he led the led the league in yards last year. Andy right. Dalton led the Bengals to the playoffs multiple times. Cam Newton was an MVP, and they passed right. on all those guys. Yep. If you think that they weren't positive and, and confident in this kid, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now. And I think that's the biggest thing. Everyone freaks out. They look at his tape, and, you know, this there's, there's definitely some – you know, room to grow there. There's definitely some negatives to his game. Can, you know, does he get the ball out quick? Is how good is his decision-making? You know, can he, can he play in the AFC East? Can he play consistently? And I mean, there's going to be growing pains with him, but the point is they, they like him enough where they passed on multiple. I mean, look at the draft. Jacob Eason fell, Jake Fromm fell, all these guys that you thought they were linked to. And we've been sitting here saying since then, like, what's the point? What's really the point? Like, and that's that's the thing too. It's like if they aren't good and he's not the guy, great. We've been saying this all along. Okay, you get a better chance next year. Say the top seven picks already have their franchise guys. You can go move up or you can sit right where you are and get a quarterback. If right. they're if they're good and and he and he takes strides and they go seven and nine and push for the playoffs in the division, you give him another year. You got your franchise guy right there. I, and I I really right. do think he's the plan for the future. I mean, we can get into that too, but. I mean, granted, it wasn't a big quarterback class, and you're not going to sign a veteran to be a bridge guy with your current cap situation. But I mean, all the signs point, man, that this guy's the guy for the next, I don't know, three to five years. Obviously, a lot can change, but I mean, that's got to be no, their plan, right? You're 100% correct with that. And and look, even if you even if you want to talk about a franchise quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, now I personally don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise Another quarterback, guy. but yeah. if you did. Well, you signed Joe Tooney to a $14 million contract. You realize that, right? You have, you know, guys that can be extended like Hightower and uh, and like Gilmore. You could have pushed to extend those two and not re-signed uh, Tooney, let him walk, 
And then you saw, you bring in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. You could have done that if you wanted to. Now, I I think I personally think it would have been stupid to do that, but that doesn't matter. You could have made that work, and the Patriots didn't. And so I think it it, it shows you a little bit of what what they're looking for. I think, and, and we've talked a lot about how, you know, we think they're setting up to kind of go back to the beginning of the Belichick era where it was a focus on defense and a focus on the running game. And the passing game was almost a complement to the running game, almost an extension of the running game, if you will, where you're throwing those quick passes, you're throwing those screen passes, you're throwing those quick little bubbles. And that really was what they lived on. And then every now and again, you'd, you'd throw something deep if you had something open. But what I thought was interesting is that you think about this way, okay? Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Great. Sixth round draft pick in the year 2000. The summer before he took over. So he gets drafted in 2000. The summer before he takes over, Drew Bledsoe's going into the final year of his contract. What happens? Drew Bledsoe gets a 10-year, $100 million contract. Tom Brady's on the roster now. On the roster. He goes out and has a ridiculous camp. Looks fantastic. Everyone's like, oh my God, like this guy could be the next guy. At least they're saying this in the locker room, right? And then, you know, Bledsoe gets hurt. Well, if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, what happens, right? So maybe that's the same situation. Maybe we're in the same situation where he's looking at it saying, hey, this kid really showed up. He really looked good. Now I'm going to go out and give $50 million to this guy who, you know, is older and, look, can still do it. But, like, we got to move forward at this point, right? And I think that at a certain point, you need to make that, you need to make that decision to move on. He made that mistake with Bledsoe. It worked out because Bledsoe got hurt. They ended up winning the Super Bowl with, with Brady. But if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, well, now what? You know, and so, you know, Brady never takes over, maybe, or maybe he does. And, and and then it's, and then your your team's a mess because half the team wants Brady still and half the team, I'm sorry, half the team wants Bledsoe still and half the team wants Brady. In. And it's like, it's, it's a complete dumpster fire. And so this way you move on from Brady, you have the new guy, and you say, look, let's see what happens. And you go from there, but you believe in him and you're not making that long-term commitment to the guy that was here before. Look, Brady's the greatest of all time, but at some point he had to walk away and he did. And that's okay. You let him do it. And I think too, you've seen that they were kind of in no man's land, right? They were in that period for really the last three years. I mean, they got a Super Bowl out of it because they got hot. The, The offensive line dominated the line of scrimmage. And they ran the ball down your throat. But they were in that stage, right, where they were trying to be win now, be a competitive team, be a top team in the in the conference, but also draft for the future. You go right. out, you draft Isaiah Wynn, who I still think to this to this day is is your left tackle for the future. Obviously, he's missed, I think, like over 70% of the games, but when he's on the field, he's good. You know, he's a yep. he's a respectable left tackle. You draft Sonny Michelle, say what you want about him. You get a rookie. You go out, you draft a wide receiver in the first round. I think the expectations for all of us were a little high on Harry um, because of where he was drafted, obviously being the first wide receiver Belichick's drafted there. But you don't go out and draft a guy in the first round for Tom. Like You do it for Tom, but you're more so doing it for the future. You're knowing Edelman's at the end of his career. You're getting right. your next quarterback, a respectable first-round talent wide receiver out wide where, or however you're going to line him up. Right. So they were kind of in that no man's land. And, and like you said, I, I think, too, and, and it's kind of off topic, that draft last year, we have seen no one besides Bailey and Winovich that if they hit gold on that draft and we'll find out pretty soon this year, Damian right. Harris, Jared Stidham, Jawan Williams, um, obviously Winovich had a monster uh, rookie campaign and Nikhil he Harry, looks to be yeah. the next guy, Nikhil Harry. 
all right. these guys that are you ha- they haven't even scratched the surface yet and they weren't given the opportunity to due to the veterans in front of them that could be the core of your team in, in two years right now that's true man and that's you know that's what they've been doing so we'll we'll kind of see what happens now what i'm interested in sticking with the quarterback of course now uh you know you look at a guy like Brian Hoyer. And I think Hoyer's in in a perfect situation here. The thing with Hoyer is that, look, is he going to compete? He is, you know, he's going to compete and he wants to, to be a starter, right? He's here to like, but he's not realistically. If you're looking at the team, realistically, he's not starting. He isn't right. He's in, he's in a comfortable position for him. He's, he's in a position God, where he I'll, can, I'll go make, I'll go make a million dollars a year to back up and, and groom Jared Stim. Right. Like, no right. problem. Right. And, well, and this, that's the thing, that right? Too. Hey, I'll, I'll yes. get my chance. Whatever happens, happens. Exactly. But I'm, I'm getting a good payday and I'm going to help this kid out. Well, and I think too, right. You know, people said, well, he's offered more money to go somewhere else. And maybe he was, but number one, did he actually have a chance to start in that situation? And number two, was he in a situation where he's as comfortable as he is in New England? Right. He walks in here. He knows the offense. He knows all the coordinators. He knows he knows everything. And so now he's the veteran leader in that room and he can kind of help Stidham along and help Stidham grow. And I think that that's that's an important piece for him. Now, maybe he doesn't have coaching in his future, but maybe he does. And and this could be an interesting opportunity for him to kind of almost be like a coach on the field. Um, And so I think that that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it for him. Hoyer, though is to me at least as a starter is a is a mess but as a backup and as a leader off the field most is a valuable great guy backup in the league take that 100 percent on that hill die on that hill right no 100 percent. and that's the thing it's not because he's a great quarterback when he steps in but because i mean brady used to give him what half the playbook like he'd give him half the game plan i mean what what percentage of backup quarterbacks take half the flipping game plan that's crazy and so, you know, that's that's the type of stuff you're getting from Hoyer. And I think, like you said, man, having him as the backup is huge for the Patriots. And again, moving forward, because you're getting Jared Stidham as your quarterback, you want a guy, you need a guy in the room like Brian Hoyer. Not to mention, too, I mean, he's obviously going to help a lot, right? I mean, like you said, knows the playbook, knows the building, right? Like, he's been here... I, I think Jordan Palmer, who was Stidham's trainer, and obviously he's going to come out and talk him up because he trains him, right? But I think right. a lot of the things he said was right that Jarrett got an MIT level of 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 you know Patriots football last year, and I know Hoyer wasn't there for a while. Uh, he was there for preseason, but he got Brady and Hoyer, which I think combined was like thirty five years experience in that system. Like, what else right. do you need? Plus, factor in Josh McDaniels is still there, and his track record of grooming quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady were at one point last year, 22 and two. One was the Patriots were first in these uh, AFC. The Niners were first in the NFC and the Colts were second in the AFC. Imagine that after week seven, then Hoyer, uh, then, you know, Brissett went down with the knee and they kind of lost track and, but they had some big wins. He groomed them, right? Like they were no name guys. I mean, Garoppolo, small school, uh, Brissett, fourth round pick that, you know, I think if he doesn't get that that chance I think against third, but either way, third was he a third, third or fourth? I think Whatever. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, his track record as well. Right. No, you're right, and that's and that's the thing, man. And look, I don't care where he was drafted; it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't. It just it really doesn't. doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You know. And I know so many of these guys are first round picks, but then you look at guys like Gardner Minshew, fifth round pick. 
you know, you look at I mean, sixth. Just, he was sixth, sixth round pick, right? Yeah. And so Brady, obviously, sixth round pick. So you start looking around the league, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of first round picks starting, but then also not really. There's also guys that aren't first round picks that are starting, and so you know, a lot of it is you win out, and and whether it's a guy like Stidham who had first round talent and then went to a system that didn't agree with him. Now, whether that means the system was bad, whether that means he didn't play what, whatever that means, it wasn't a good fit for him for whatever reason. He comes in here and impresses the coaches. Now, whether that translates to the field or not, we don't know, but it's enough to give for them to give him a shot. And so we'll see what happens, you know? And I, um, and I think too, like translating over to how they're going to win games. Cause I think right. Dante Skornecki, obviously you heard that on Sirius XM. If you haven't checked mm-hmm. it out, you know, said, you know, I love Jarrett. He works hard. He's a great leader, comes in early, leaves late, um, really wants to learn, but there's definitely going to be some growing pains. And I totally agree with that, right? I mean, the first six weeks, you get Seattle, Kansas City, and um, San Francisco. And right. two of them are on the road, two of the hot, right. hardest places to play in the league, right? Fans are no fans, right? But I think, and you've said it too, if he can improve on a week-to-week basic, if he's a better quarterback than he was the week before, right? when the calendar turns to December, the Patriots will be a tough out no matter what. And you still have to rely on, you know, your your veteran-led defense, and they're going to be elite. You know, obviously they lose a lot of linebackers, and but you, you, you hope those guys can step out. Their corners are still good. Their safeties are good. Their D-line's good. Their pass rush is good. Um, I, I really think it depends on how good the offensive line and how healthy they can be. I think that's the backbone of this team. You go out, right. you, Joe Thune's going to play on the franchise tag. Like it, it, it's, it's, you know, making more clear. I think they have a week to get a deal done or, or something like that. I think it's the um, six. No, I think it's like July 16th. like, like two weeks or something. Like and, that. The, and there's been reports that they're no, nowhere close. You know, they nowhere. haven't made any progress. So you go out, you, you get a four of the five guys that led you to a Super Bowl title, literally led you to a Super Bowl title two years ago. Right. Isaiah Wynn, you hope he can stay healthy, but you added much-needed depth. Michael Onwenu in the middle, Hajate Froholt, who's kind of a swing guard center guy, Tyler Heron, uh, Yanni Kajus, who could push Cannon, right? Like, you got guys right. up front, you get the depth up front that will make his job easy. And I think that's the easiest thing. You know, a lot of, nothing crazy to the outside, play action, keep it simple, nice, easy reads over the middle, trust your guys like Edelman, um, and you hope that, you know, those vet, those young receivers like Myers and Harry can can grow with him and learn with him and and take a I think the offense will change a lot with a more modernized approach with Stidham, a lot more play right. action, rollouts, yep. RPOs, whatever you want to say. That's what Weird. the college game and these guys coming in are used to where Tom Brady's a you know, that offense is it. We've been saying it for years. It, it really hasn't worked, but they were just stuck with it because of the type of quarterback Tom is. Right. Right. And he was so good at it that he made it work, you know, like they just, they made it work cause he was so damn good. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to talk about, however, the, uh, you know, the backup, the backup backup quarterbacks, the two undrafted guys, Brian Lewerke, uh, and Jamar Smith and Jamar Smith in particular, um, I'm excited about because you look at some of his tape and he has some just awful throws. I mean, some really like, what the hell are you doing throws? And then he has a lot of plays where you're like, whoa, like this kid is legit. You know, and and when you bring in a special, a guy who has the talent and I would say maybe the athleticism to make those special plays, that's the type of guy where you, you wonder if he can develop into something. Now, whether he can or not, 
who knows, right? He went undrafted for a reason, right? There's a lot of question marks as to as to how effective he can actually be, but his tape is a lot of fun to watch. And again, he makes some plays where you're just like, how the hell did he just do that? And so, uh, and it's not just with his feet, it's with his arm too. He's got a cannon. And so, you know, that's that's one thing I'm interested in looking at. And I think too, for the Patriots, you start looking around and saying, okay, this COVID thing's going on and and what's that going to do to rosters? Are going to expand some rosters? Are going to expand the uh, the practice squad? And are they going to make you cut people to send them to the practice squad, or are you going to be able to keep you know three or four or five? And they haven't officially said anything yet, but are you going to be able to keep a few guys that aren't on the fifty three man roster, but are kind of on like a taxi squad, you they're know, kind of like a, they're protected. You, right. Yeah. Guys, you don't have to cut that. You can keep on a, on a little side bubble just in case. And so in a situation like that, it might be interesting to see a guy like Jamar Smith. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them in this situation with an old backup quarterback with a new rookie quarter, with essentially a rookie quarterback starting. I wouldn't be surprised to see them keep four, three quarterbacks at all. Uh, because it makes sense. You know, the year that they had, the year they had Brady, Jimmy G, and, and Brissett, it just made sense to keep three. This year, I think the same thing. Now, maybe Jamar Smith and Lewerke come in, and they're just downright putrid. And so you say, okay, well, then we get nothing here. But I, I'd be interested. I'm really interested to see what they have. And I think, too, Jamar Smith's role, I mean, <laughs> scout quarterbacks don't get enough credit. I mean, he's a guy mm-hmm. that can make a lot of, you know, throws similar to, you know, he's a, he's a mobile guy, can run the RPO, keepers, all you know, all that stuff. And right. when you're facing Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, those right. are the guys you're going to have to go through to, to reach a Super Bowl. You know, may, maybe not this year, but for the next five, ten years, right. those are the guys you're going right. through. So that's a guy there that can come and run your scout team. I think New England values that so much. You saw Gilmore and, and both McCordy's come out just after Tom left and, and praised Stidham for his role and how he made them better. And he picked them apart all last year. So um, each guy's got a role. And I think that's where it's going to kind of be for these quarterbacks, right? Stidham's going to be the guy. There's going to be some growing pains. You know, there'll be probably some games where you're like, wow, you know, this kid, he's got a, he's got a future in him. And then there'll be some games. It's like, Oh, why did you throw that ball? You know, or why didn't you get rid of it? Why'd you take that sack? And Hoyer's there to groom him and help out in the room. And, you know, I like you said, I think Jamar Smith's probably the number three right now just because of I just think he's a better player than Lewerke. I haven't seen anything on him, but uh he's been <laughs> a lot of people said he was the worst quarterback in college football last year at Michigan State. But yeah. Um like you said, I mean he he's gonna have a role somehow, and I think that scout role is probably the best one for him. It makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And and you know, at the end of the day, I guess we're gonna see where they go and what they decide to do. Um but I'm excited about I'm excited about it. And again, you know, I just come back to it all. I, I just always come back to Bill Belichick believes in Jackson. And if that's the case, if he does, then you should do. That doesn't mean he's right. That doesn't mean he's going to win the Super Bowl this year. But like, that's what I keep coming back to is that if he believes in him, then you should too, because he's almost always right with this stuff. He just almost always gets it right every time. It's just ridiculous how well he does it. And again, you know, people say, well, that's because he had Tom. And so even when he was wrong, like it still didn't matter. And of course, like, but he was, he's been here for 20 years. So you're not going to hit on every single one of them. But when you're right, almost every time when you give up Wes Welker and you say, geez, like Wes Welker is like the best wide receiver we ever, I mean, 
Randy Moss, the best receiver we've ever had. But like, you know, Welker, how could we possibly give up Welker? Like, it would be an absolute disaster to have Welker gone. He leaves. You're better without him. It's like what? better, like, and you get the best you... receiver, arguably in Patriots history, behind him. Right. Saw that so coming. it's like, no, and that's the thing. He's just like, wait a second. Like, okay, all of a sudden now you get, you know, you get Edelman, you get Amendola. Like these guys are out there making plays. So, you know, it's stuff like that. And, and look, again, he was trying to replace Welker with Amendola, and it ended up being Edelman instead of Amendola. But Amendola was a huge part. And so it's like, yeah, okay, maybe he wasn't a hundred percent right, but he was still kind of right, you know. So it's just it's one of those things where you start looking around and you start saying like. Okay. And and again, are they going to go 11 and 5 wins? Well, probably not. Could they? I mean, they could. Would anyone like would it would it completely shock anyone if the Patriots won 11 and 5 and made it to the AFC Championship game this year? It wouldn't there's shock re- me. Pat, there's a reason they have the same in Vegas and they always know they get the same win totals 9 and a half and the same Super Bowl odds. So you you take that right. put that in your hat. I mean, that's right. That's just like I mean, again, do I find it likely? No, but I mean, shoot, dude, what if they come? I mean, it just, it just wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me to see that happen, just because this is this is what they do every damn year, man. And Brady or no Brady, listen, Brady's forty three years old for Christ's sake. Like at a certain point, he just can't perform the way he he's been able to. He just can't. And like they still went out there and did it last year. And again, they had a crap schedule last year. And we want to make a million excuses. Fine, go ahead. But like. They did a ton last year. And, you know, and, and look, Brian Phillips will talk about how the run game doesn't matter and you can't win the game running the ball and everything else and blah, 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 blah. And that's true. You can't be a run first team. You can't to just an say, extent, I'm going to think. Yeah. I right. Mean, you know, you can't just say, I'm going to line up and run it down your throat 30 times a game. But if you have an effective running attack that can push a defense to say, we really have to stop the run and then you can throw off of that, gee, I don't know, like, uh, uh oh, the Ravens last year? Yeah, that team. Like, remember when Lamar, everyone was like, well, Lamar Jackson is because he has a, a thousand. Well, yeah, of course he has touchdown passes in the pocket because he's got guys wide open. I could have thrown those touchdown passes. You know, so it's like they had a great, they had a, such a great running game. Now, are the Patriots anywhere? No, they're not anywhere near that. But it's just an example where if you have a good enough offense, you can pass if you have an elite running game. And if the Patriots now, I'm not saying they will, but if they use Harris and they use, you know, Sony and they and they can figure things out, you never know. No, and, and I mean, you saw right away. Jared Sims' first action in the preseason, he's turning his back to the defense. They they ran multiple play actions. I mean, and, and he his bread and butter is over the middle of the field, right? And that's where the Patriots find success moving the football yep. through the middle of the field. They're not going to take many shots to the boundaries. I don't think they have a guy that can play out there, right? Like they tried to groom Nikhil and he may be out there to start. But I think he's more of an inside guy. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands in space, scheme touches, end arounds. Like I would love, and it's off topic, but I would love to see him not not to, not so much in his complete role, but a little bit how they used Cordero Patterson a few years ago, right? Like a lot of jet yeah, sweeps, get him the way. ball. Yeah, like you know screens and and you know end arounds and get him the ball quick and let him do stuff with his feet and his body. That's where he's good, right? So I mean, like we're obviously. Right. I'm talking off topic here with receivers, but um, yeah, I mean that that's that's his bread and butter. I mean, you if the running game too, like you can get that going, man. You put the defense on their heels. Stidham's, a, you know, we saw him go play action multiple, multiple times. 
I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm interested to see how the offense runs in general, too, because I do think it's you're going to see a lot more. And I think Evan Lazar did a great job, if you haven't read that, on how the Patriots are kind of may adapt some of the stuff that Shanahan's doing out west with a lot of motions and using his fullbacks more. And that's right. kind of why they went out and got Vitale and, and drafted Dalton Keene, these guys that. They can run up in the in the backfield and run you over and open up holes, but they can also motion in and out and, and line up in the slot and make plays and it, 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 you know move the football down the field. I think that we're going to see a lot of that, and with Stidham's ability and mobility to get outside the pocket, make throws on the runs, you could see even a better offense next year. And and I know people might attack you for that, but statistically, like realistically, they weren't great. They weren't great last year offensively. They won. Majority of their games on defense and special teams. So how how much better? Like how much worse can you possibly be on offense this year? Like if you still get the same defense, you probably still win maybe eight nine games. Right, that's true. And that's and look, I, I think at the end of the day, right when you start looking at the offense, and we're talking about the whole offense because the quarterback, the entire offense revolves around the quarterback. I think if you look at it analytically, right the most important thing that a quarterback can do is not turn the ball over, right? What it's really going to come down to, because I think when you look at Stidham, when you see his tape, he can make all the throws. He can do what you need to do. He can create, you know, he can create time out of the pocket with his legs. He can move defenses with his eyes a bit. Um, You know, his play action fake was pretty good. Now, of course, that's preseason, but his play action fake was pretty good last year, I thought. Um, The real question is going to be, his decision making, his accuracy, and and with those preventing turnovers, right? Can he make the right plays mentally that don't lose games for the team? Right. And that's really what it comes down to. Because if you look at it analytically, right? When you limit start the times, limit the times he has to bail you out. That's it. Right. And that's it. You know, and and right. Try to get him playing ahead. Try not to give up for you know first drive scores. The Patriots are good at, are good at that anyways, and not giving up first drive scores. Try to get out and try to get out ahead of teams, right? See what we see what we can do there. Try to get them some you know get some turnovers, give them some short field. So you start turning things around like that. And 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 for me, it's just limit those limit those turnovers. And look, the the stat that that blows me away right is like every time you throw an interception, I think. In a game where you don't throw an interception, our quarterback's chance of winning the game is like 75%. Insane. You throw one interception, it goes from 75 to like 50. So, you know, and it drops every time. And then you throw two, and you're down to about 30%. So you throw two interceptions in the game, you get a 30% chance of winning the game. It does. You could throw nine touchdowns. It doesn't matter. Throw the touchdowns out. They don't matter. It's just based on the interceptions. And so that's the type of thing where it's like, of course, if you throw seven touchdowns in a game, you're going to win, right? More than likely, right? But like, but limiting the turnovers is such a big part of it, and it's something that people, you know, when you talk about the gunslingers and everything else, they throw too many interceptions. So we have to, you look at Stidham and say, can he make the right decisions and not turn the ball over? And if he can do that, combined with what we've seen already from him as far as arm talent and and moving the ball with his, le- with his legs, moving the pocket with his legs, combine those two things with not turning the ball over, and you have a team that's going to go 9-7 and seven at the worst, in my opinion. 
I mean, the schedule is what it is, right? It's going to be, and it's not like they're throwing him right in the in the fire. You know, yep. I, I think week one's considered a cupcake game with, with what they got lined up, you know, the weeks after right. that. But, I mean, I think we touched upon everything, Pat. I mean, it, it's yeah. just going to come down to really how consistent can he be, right, on a week-to-week right. basis? Can he improve yep. week-to-week? You know, but I think it's been so much fun this offseason just because of the optimism and the hype and yeah. you don't know how they're going to do. You really don't. And that's, this is, right. I've said it multiple times. This is the first time in my lifetime, at least that you're not going in saying like AFC championship or bus. It's like, Hey, right. we could end up there, but we could also be three and 13. And we got a quarterback that we know really nothing about showing a lot of stuff. And, but I really do. I really do think they made the right decision. I think he's the guy. And I'm not just saying this because I'm one of his biggest fans right now, but I think his ability, like you said, to make plays on the run and extend plays with his legs and, kind of do a little bit more that these, you know, these quarterbacks coming up can do like Wilson and, and Mahomes yep. and they can just really do it all. And I'm not comparing him to those guys, but he's, like I said, I keep saying that more modernized quarterback where he's not a pocket right. passer. Those guys are, are dinosaurs. I think that's where it comes in and you'd be like, hey, this offense isn't as bad as we thought. I really don't think it'll be that bad. Right. I agree. I agree. So I'm excited to see it. We'll see what happens. You know, it's uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, there's gonna there's a lot of question marks for whether it's even gonna happen, but but it's gonna be a lot of fun. And so, I hope so. Uh, Your boy, let's just ticket holder now. Ooh. I know that's right. We get two season ticket holders on the podcast now. Yep, yep, yep. awfully exciting. Um, so I'm I'm praying. I I, I I get a good good feeling. I think I have a good uh, feeling too. Yeah, I think, I think supposedly I think no they met fans. today. I, well, supposedly they met today, and they were kind of discussing you know, what they were doing going forward. I know Schefter came out and said it was his most trusted NFL source and said they're ready to go full throttle. You should right. see what they're doing as far as sanitation goes and how they're going to, you know, deal with, you know, the positive tests and how things are going. They're ready for this. You know, right. and I think that's good thing. They obviously got a little bit ahead of the curve with it coming really right after last season in March. So they had right. time to prepare for this, but I don't know, man. It's it's interesting too because of the cap situation. They know, you know, they got to have fans in there. They got to drive some revenue in order for that to yeah. go up. This was going to be a big year for the players. Like, is there going to be a you know a strike coming? Like, it's right. interesting. And and, and there was a report from the, the athletics saying that it was going to be up to teams and governors. But I don't know how you do that because then, like, you know, say you go to Kansas City where everything's normal and they get a full house, but you come to new England and we get half. Like, how is that fair? I mean, right. you know, I guess you get home field advantage, but come on, like really, we're going to allow hundred percent of stadiums and then 40% here and 60% there. It's just like, it's too much right. math. No, I agree. And that's, you know, it's almost like if you did that, you would have to say we're splitting everything 32 ways, you know, like we get the revenue. Okay, fine. You want to do that, but then we'll split everything 32 ways. So that everyone gets, so that everyone gets a cut of, of of what's going on. And again, whether they'd ever do that or not, I can't imagine. I just don't see. I don't see it possible at this point for us to be. I just don't see it. I don't understand. I mean, they're talking right now. The DESI, which is um, Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, because I'm a teacher, came out and gave some guidelines for you know classrooms and stuff, and they're saying that desks all need to be facing the same way and need to be three feet apart, three to four, three to four feet apart. They have everyone to be wearing masks. Like, well, how the hell are you going to fit 60,000 people in Gillette right on top of each other, crammed in? Half of them are going to be are going to be bombed. So, like, what are we doing? Like, and then you get the bathroom situation and you get everything like 
it's it's uh it's an absolute like it's an outbreak waiting to happen right and so it's like why are we risking that because then what happens like then okay patriots play a game in october and there's a massive outbreak that comes from it 2000 people get 2000 people get sick or something like that right something ridiculous like that and it all can be traced back to the to the state now what now do they have another home game do they not you know well, you now you've already sold tickets to the next game so now what do you do you know so like i, I just I just look at it and say I'd be shocked at this point if we were playing, if we were watching any games from in the stadium before November, December, I'd just be surprised. And, and again, if at all, you know, if at all. And, and so um, I've gone back and forth on, you know, whether I should just say I'll defer them to next year because they can do that. You can just defer to next year for no reason. Just say, hey, all right, I paid, but I'm going to defer to next season um, and not go this year. And, but I, uh, I'm on the fence about doing that. I haven't, I haven't officially done that yet, but you know, it's one of those things. So, so we'll see. Uh, but it's, you know, who the heck knows what's going to happen. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to guess about what's going to happen. I know they want to play and I don't blame them, you know, as a player, I'm sure the players want to play. And I'm I mean, sure they're going to play. I mean, they, they haven't right. missed a beat, right. That, uh, you know, free agency was on time. The draft was on time. They're right. reporting on July 28th. Like, they're going to play whether they shorten the preseason or not. And right. preseason games are pointless, right? I mean, I sh- sorry, I shouldn't say pointless, but like <laughs> if, if they can limit the preseason, like no problem. I, I, I think a, force too much anyways, especially. Bill Belichick would be very upset about that. Yes, but, I know, know. I know. But like two games and, you know, they already said no joint practices like that stuff. Fine. Just right. It's just tough. Right? I mean, think about it, right? You think about it. Look at all the, look at all the clubs right now, all the NBA teams. And, you know, they're all coming down with it. And it's like, this guy tests positive, that guy tests positive. Like, you get an NFL team, if Donta Hightower tests positive, how is the entire defense not going to be infected? Like, you know, and 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 the offense, for that matter, he's tackling guys. And so it's like that stuff where it's like, you know, it could spread quick. And then what if, like, you know, 20 guys on one team get it? Well, then they got to play the next weekend. Now some of them are positive, some of them aren't. Well, then it's like, who's positive, who isn't, who can play, who can't. So it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. And they're going to want to play no matter what. I want them to play no matter what. But there's a lot of question marks going in. So we'll just have to see what happens. But I think planning, you know, just the fact that they're planning to play is an important step. Right. With baseball, that was never the case. With hockey, that was never the case. With the NBA was never the case. So the fact that that football is moving forward as if they're going to play, regardless of what comes up in in the meantime, the fact that they're moving forward and they have contingency plans and everything, I think that's that's an important first step. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm excited. I'm okay. excited either way. Yep. We went down a few rabbit holes this game, this uh this this episode. Oh, that's yeah. quite all right. Oh, yeah. You know? So before we leave, I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out my mom's birthday. Uh, well, if you're listening on Friday, it's my mom's birthday on Friday. If you're listening on Sunday, it's my birthday. So I'll give a shout out to myself as well. Hey. Uh, but uh, six, 36. 36. That's right, baby. Yeah, I was right. 36. Yep. Yep. So I won't tell you how old my mom's going to be, but it's her birthday on Friday. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to her. So, but uh, that's it. That's all we got. We're done, man, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, another uh, another another position. I don't know if we'll go tight end. I'm not sure where we're going to go. We're going to get to tight end soon. Uh, we have a lot of positions still left on the board, so um, we got that. We also got some fun stuff coming up uh, possibly as well, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you guys. Take care.